So what is up, queers? Here we are again. Well, I guess I shouldn't say we because it's just me today, but we as in me and you, whomever is listening. Um, today it's just live. I had, you know, a little head cold and just wasn't in the mental space to take to be able to record with us today. And she asked for a break today, which is totally fine. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't always do is, you know, recognize when they can and can't take care of something that has to be done and they need to take a step away. And that's totally fine. Um, as you saw on our Instagram page, we are moving from weekly to every other week for the exact same reason. We just want to make sure that we are mentally healthy enough to, you know, address these topics and be able to do them correctly. We don't want to rush. We don't want to not address everything that we want to address. Just a little bit of clean house. Um, in our last episode, I made a note about my partner's coming out story and how, you know, I did always go the best. I more or less brought that up to try and relate to those who don't have the same experience that I and I had. (laughs) I and I. (laughs) Um, But try and, you know, try and connect in a way that, you know, maybe I'm not super familiar with. Um, They did recommend me to kind of bring up and, you know, address that it did end up working out in the end. Um, Their family ended up being very supportive, or at least their immediate family is, and I did meet their parents and some of their siblings, and so we are on the up and up, which is great. Um, Definitely working towards kind of creating that relationship, but their journey is their own journey, and um, that'll be more addressed in a later episode. So just wanted to welcome you guys back and wanted to kind of talk today, just talk with you, you and me. Um, On our Instagram page earlier today, I posted just kind of a story questionnaire and was like, what stories do you have that you want to share? What questions do you have about the community? And, you know, just kind of something to get to know you or get to know me or whatever tickles your fancy, (laughs) I guess we should say. So that's really exciting. And I do have some really, really good uh, questions from some of my cishet friends, from some of my queer friends, and just some, some of you guys. So just kind of wanted to, you know, tap into that. But We'll get to that here in a minute. I just kind of wanted to give you guys like a little life update. Um, I have a new forearm tattoo that I'm really excited about. It is some perennial flowers with a two-headed snake with one snake head being docile and one snake head with the tongue out ready to attack. And I just thought it was really cool. And it kind of represents a a lot of like my subtle mental health so if you guys don't know already I was diagnosed with moderate ADHD with superior impulsivity and uh, moderate inattentiveness and on top of that I was diagnosed with severe anxiety disorder and while my anxiety is being treated with medication I try and handle my ADHD as much as I can by myself Um, a lot of my ADHD symptoms can really be addressed by, you know, really working with my anxiety. And I've been in therapy for about three years now, working through that anxiety, knowing what my triggers are, how to handle that. And it just kind of makes me feel happy to have something like that that represents me a little bit more to a T. On my forearm, um, not my forearm, my bicep, I do have something, it's like a half brain, half heart with a bunch of wildflowers growing out of it. And I absolutely love this tattoo. 
it really represents my anxiety. You know, like your brain really is connected to your heart and it, it trying to be able to balance those emotions and like what your what your brain is thinking with the overthinking and not truly processing everything to the fullest extent before really diving into an action or a thought or a comment or a social situation or overthinking to the point that you don't attend that party or overthinking to the point that you feel that somebody is not truly your friend and I've definitely experienced situations like that and we'll dive more into anxiety and everything a little bit later down. I just kind of wanted to talk mental health and talk about you know the community and answer some questions that you guys have so I know that mental health is a hot topic these last few years due to COVID to you know our lockdown for so many years <laughs> um, just a little bit of insight my um, okay let me back it up just a little bit further so I actually graduated college during lockdown and to save some money during college I lived at home with my parents because I went to a local school and during my senior year, I received an internship and I was very excited when I applied. I worked really hard for it. And second half of senior year or my fourth year, I was sent home. You know, it was like lockdowns happening, you're home. Well, also during that process, my parents were moving. They were like, okay, you graduated college. We, you and your sister are on your own. <laughs> my parents had job opportunities Midwest and so they up and moved, you know, I'm very proud of them. I'm happy for them. I'm thankful for the opportunities that they have where they are now. I do miss them a lot, but this is definitely something new. And so during that process, when they were moving, my then partner, he moved home because he had moved out of state for work. Uh, this is Jerry, by the way, for anybody who listened to our last podcast episode. His name for this is Jerry. I'm not going to give away his real his real name, but he was able to move home. Thankfully, he had the privilege of doing that. And he ended up moving back in with his family who were neighbors with my family. And because my lease hadn't started yet and my parents we're moving, the house had to be absolute pristine. And I could not do that. I couldn't live up to that standard. So for the few weeks to the month or two that I was in lockdown before my lease started for my new place, I was living with Jerry and his family. And that really took a toll on me. Not only was our relationship already kind of toxic is going to be the word that I'm going to use, unhealthy. Um, we It definitely took a toll on my mental health because, you know, being locked in for 24 hours a day, you know, it really tries you. And taking out the fact that I was living with a partner that I was unhappy with just being locked in really, really takes a toll on a person. And I'm sure that everybody listening knows exactly what I am talking about to some level. I was, my seasonal depression was year round. I couldn't go outside. I couldn't interact with people. Physical touch and words of affirmation are some of my top love languages. And the fact that I couldn't hug my mom or the fact that I couldn't go and see my friends at the drop of a hat really affected me. I love my friends and I love my family 
and not being able to physically be close to them really affected me and it definitely took a toll. Um, after a while, my relationship with Jerry started to falter. I learned a lot about myself during that time. It's definitely when I started to get exposed to TikTok. Um, I started to learn and I started to take advantage of the internet. Um, I definitely was not a researcher too much at least. Um, if there's anything I got out of my relationship with Jerry, it was definitely that you can't take one person's opinion for everything. Do your research. Figure it out. If you don't have an answer, find it. Google is a resource that everybody has at some, some capacity. And so I learned that a lot. And so there were some things that I was seeing on TikTok that was going on politically and I was really curious. I didn't have a political standing. I told myself that I was an independent because I didn't like either side or politics was too difficult to pay attention to. And then, you know, George Floyd's death happened and all of the marches and the protests and, and I was angry. I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to take advantage of what was going on and really learn and share and use my privilege as a white cis woman to share a message and you know support in any way I can and you know Jerry saw differently and we'll leave it at that that's kind of where I started doing a lot of my research and started to learn more about myself and being a part of the queer community and beauty and communication and politics and just you know everybody gets on TikTok just because it looks fun and then you start to dive into whatever you want to dive into whatever the world <laughs> has to offer basically and so you know it was just it was a lot and I really dealt with a lot a lot of anxiety first off I lived with anxiety my entire life if we want to talk about being in second grade having social anxiety because you love physical touch and you're hugging your friend all the time and they ask if you're a lesbian and then you end up not talking to that person because she thinks it's weird that you hug her all the time because somebody called you a lesbian little did they know I was like let's talk about that you know kids are cruel man people are cruel but yeah second grade I had one friend I believe her name was Alicia or something like that or Allison I don't remember I loved hugs my entire life I loved hugs I loved cuddling I loved holding hands I didn't care what gender you were how old you were if you were friendly I wanted to hug you and I wanted to hold your hand and I wanted to be your friend and you know now granted I knew very much about stranger danger thank goodness if I if you were friendly and, and we were friends I wanted to I wanted to be your friend and so I had this one friend who I would hug every morning that I would see her and I would hug her every time that we said goodbye just this one boy came up to me one time and was like, you must be a lesbian or do you have a crush on her? Because you hug her so much. Are you a lesbian? And I was in second grade. I didn't know what being a lesbian meant. I didn't know any of that. And it was very, I don't know if I want to call it traumatizing, but it was very anxiety inducing. It really freaked me out because it was like, okay, so I can't hug anybody. I can't hug girls. I sure as heck cannot hug my friends because that's weird only weirdos do that and it started this like internalized homophobia this social anxiety of if I interact with a girl again am I going to be called a lesbian you know and you know it wasn't just like one comment I kind of want to put into perspective it was the entire year of second grade that I was called a lesbian for 
hugging and hanging out with this girl that was my friend. You know, I def- I didn't have many friends growing up. I was very socially awkward. I was weird. And like I said, I had undiagnosed ADHD and severe anxiety. Put those combinations together. Like, it's not gonna be the best. But I remember in middle school, just always being kind of susceptible to people who were more popular than me and more social than me. And I wanted to learn from them. And, you know, trying to be more outgoing, more popular, have more friends. And I guess that was kind of, that's kind of like the common denominator in a lot of things is, you know, with somebody who has social anxiety and you constantly want to make friends and you want to be more outgoing, but you don't know how to, you kind of lean towards those people who are more social without knowing it. I know, at least for me in middle school and high school, I definitely leaned more towards the people who are open to being my friend and more communicative with me who were able to actually open up and and be close to me now granted I definitely had some bad friendships that were not healthy that were definitely toxic but you know you don't know those things until you get into them or at least I didn't at the time so I can't fault myself too much but I definitely did learn a lot from those people um first off I learned I had social anxiety I didn't know what anxiety was until I would probably say sophomore year of high school. Um, And the reason I say that is I moved from one state to another sophomore year of high school. And again, coming into a new high school, no friends, I moved state to state. And it was very difficult to make friends because, you know, like I said, I'm awkward. I'm socially awkward. I'm not the smartest and you know sometimes I don't say the right things and when you are brand new and especially in high school as a teenager and you don't say the right thing you say something that accidentally offends somebody or you say something that somebody just doesn't think is funny or is weird you are not their friend and for somebody with anxiety and a chronic overthinker If you say something wrong, you are in trouble and you're in trouble with your own brain. So that's definitely something I struggled with so much because it was definitely difficult to be able to create friends, you know, at the same time, be who you are and who you want to be. You know, about that time, if you listen to the last episode about that time, I realized I was queer and struggling with that internalized decision of liking boobies and really wanting to touch them. The thing is, is like, at least for me, I didn't have any queer friends at the time. I wasn't exposed. There was one guy at our school who, I forget his name, but I see his face in my brain. He was dressed in drag and I don't think I knew of him until my junior year and he was the first queer person that was just proud to be who they were like I'm not gonna lie at the time there was definitely a lot of like oh they're bisexual and it's like bisexuality was a trend or it was like a stereotype I guess I should say and so I struggled with a lot of the things of like are you really bisexual or are you just saying that? And you know, when you're 15, now granted, now I know that if you identify as bisexual, then you identify as bisexual. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. I have no opinion on that. That is who you are. I am thankful that you have that identity. And I will love and support you for who you are and what you want to be. Being 15 and ignorant and insecure and not knowing what I want out of life and who I am yet, I did struggle a lot with those thoughts because it was definitely like, well, I'm really bisexual. 
But I didn't want to be a part of this stereotype or this trend because I remember telling one of the guy friends that I had at the time that I was bisexual and I think I had a crush on so-and-so and he was just kind of, he just kind of rolled his eyes and he was like, God, all the girls like you are all bisexual. It's so weird. And it's like, being bisexual is weird? Like what? That's, I don't, I don't, I'm not weird. Yeah, no, I'm not bisexual anymore. And it's like, no, Liv, you are. It is okay to be bisexual. There's nothing wrong with it. It's who you are and that's totally fine. Or being faced with a lot of that, I definitely struggled with kind of facing my identity. And, you know, again, mentioned in the last episode, I knew I liked this one girl in my biology class and we were hush hush. We were on and off, kind of toxic, but because I was dealing with that internalized homophobia and that idea that, you know, if I come out to my parents or if her and I actually date, then man, what am I going to say? What am I going to tell these people? And just dealing with that, it can be very, very difficult. So uh, to anybody out there who can relate to that just know that you're not alone and just know that I have been through that and that if you need assistance just know that taking care of yourself and knowing who you are is real taking care of yourself and knowing what you want out of life is true and honest and I would just recommend not taking advantage of that knowledge and don't let time pass you by just because you're scared Being scared is totally fine. Everybody goes through it. I know I was scared. Heck, I went a whole year of openly dating my partner before, you know, I even told my parents and dealing with that and being scared of their reaction because I had this assumption of their homophobia that as my mom said, she has a bias and she has a preference to who I marry. But she said, inevitably, as long as I'm happy, I'm happy. And who cares, you know, and I was never going to know that unless I talked to them. So for those of you who are in a safe place and have the ability to talk to people about your anxiety, about your, you know, ideas of life and who you are, and if you're struggling to come out, just know that you have a safe place and the right people will always love you. And I definitely don't take for granted everything that I've learned through elementary school to now because all the social anxiety and the awkwardness definitely helped me face who I am and now I kind of see those things in other people and I do what I can to make them feel safe and and heard and seen and I don't want anybody else to feel the level of social anxiety that I did for as long as I did so I know that I've been rambling and there's just so many things that I want to discuss and talk about but just be yourself and and when you have that recognized anxiety or ADHD or I know one of my friends was just diagnosed with autism and you know handling that knowledge if you don't know anything like I had no idea what ADHD was until COVID believe it or not during lockdown is the reason that I started to even research ADHD and researched autism spectrum disorder and research autistic symptoms and research anxiety and mental health and really look into these things now granted Jerry my partner at the time every time I was like hey I think I am he's like you're self-diagnosing again well little did he know I might not have ASD but I definitely do have ADHD and severe anxiety which a self-diagnosis is still a diagnosis it's just not a professional diagnosis so I wasn't gonna have the courage to go and talk to a mental health specialist about those things if I didn't do my own research if I didn't ask the questions if I didn't even think the thoughts don't be a Jerry (laughs) 
take care of your mental health and do your research and ask those questions. And the worst thing that your doctor is going to say is, let's get you tested because the test results are either going to be one way or the other. You know, there's no negative or positive. It's just information. And it's what you do with that information that matters. So I definitely recommend everybody that if you have an inkling on what your mental health is doing to, you know, just go ask, go talk about it, you know, maybe sign up for therapy. Or if you already are in therapy, ask your counselor about it. Just say, hey, I think I have this going on. Um, I'd love to discuss it with you. And I know my therapist at least was very open to the idea of just doing kind of a passive test and asking some generic questions that can kind of guide me in the way of getting professional help that, you know, I need. And if I hadn't done that, if I hadn't thought the thoughts that would get me where I am, I definitely wouldn't have, I wouldn't be sitting here with diagnosed severe anxiety disorder and which ironically the it's sad sad severe anxiety disorder i that just came to my mind wow oh my goodness but yeah i definitely would have wouldn't have been diagnosed with sad or adhd and i wouldn't have been able to go to my parents with the paperwork and say okay let's take this seriously because my parents for a long time had no idea what it was and didn't believe I had it they just thought I didn't like school and it's like no but I can't fault them for not knowing you know you can definitely do your research but if you really don't even know where to start then can you fault somebody for that that was my little ramble about my anxiety and and some of my life struggles with it but let's see here I have some questions lined up that I want to dive into. So let's just kind of see what we got. Okay, so here we go. What is your fave color? LOL. Well, personally, my favorite color is every color of the rainbow. Non-ironically, my favorite color changes from day to day. It truly just depends on my mood and the weather. Like today, I was feeling very, today I was feeling very green. I I loved the color green today. Everything green. I'm using a green pen. I um, had my green notebook with me today. Like it was just everything green today. So who knows what the color tomorrow will be. How did you find your queer friends? I found my queer friends actually on Kate Austin's Instagram page, believe it or not. Kate Austin had posted on Instagram a couple months ago and was like, all right, comment your cities. Let's make some friend groups. And so Kate Austin, if you're listening, thank goodness for you because I wouldn't have found my best friend. I wouldn't have started this podcast. I wouldn't have found an amazing group of women who who definitely you know, see me and love me. And I get the opportunity to see them and love them too. So I'm, I'm really excited. What is it like dealing with conservative coworkers and how did you decide to be out at work? Ooh, beautiful question. I love that. So I work in a branch office for my company and my company is based out of the Midwest. And so the Midwest is, as we all know, very conservative. It's def- it's a very basic Bible belt, um, if that puts into perspective anything. But, you know, I was very thankful that my branch for my work is based in a very queer city and that a lot of the people I work with are also out, are also queer members. And, you know, there's no discrimination against that, which is really, really nice. Well, so first off, my manager is a woman and I absolutely adore her. She definitely tells me when I'm wrong and she definitely 
lets me tell her when I feel that she needs to tell me that I look pretty more. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But we definitely allow each other that opportunity to just be ourselves. And she allows the office to just really feel cohesive. And the best part is like nobody in our office is so, so much older generation wise that it would be an issue. Um, There is one gentleman in my office who who is older and we definitely have more of a frenemies situation um we're friends in office because we work with the same customers and we work together on these projects and we work really well together and we have great communication and we see each other as people I actually adopted my cat from him and it was great uh but we're an enemy situation because he is a Trump supporter and he is a conservative white man and he he definitely likes to poke fun at the fact that I am not a Trump supporter and that I voted for Biden and that I have completely astronomically different views than him. And there are times he'll come to my desk and like during the Roe v. Wade situation, he would come to my desk and make a make comments and talk about how we were going to vote and all of these things. And I remember plugging my ears and just going, la, 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 I'm not talking to you, you know, just kind of leaving the office for a minute because it's like he, he poked fun at something that's a sensitive topic. And also you don't talk politics at work. That is common sense. We don't do that. Do not talk politics at work. But do talk about your salary at work, okay? We don't need people to be comparing, not comparing salaries. If you're an entry-level person, talk to other entry-level people about what they're making. If you're not entry-level and you've been there for two years, talk to the entry-level people about what they're making. You want to be paid fairly for what you are making and for what you are doing. Do not ever let anybody ever tell you not to talk about your payment. If you're being paid more than somebody and they didn't earn their bonus or they didn't earn that pay raise take it with a grain of salt let's be proud of what we make money wise because there's nothing wrong with making good money oh here's a fun one how many prides have you been to as a baby gay i have actually been to one pride as a baby gay as you guys know i have been out for less than two years i think now and i've been to one pride i was supposed to go to a pride up north Uh, But that ended up getting canceled last minute due to vendoring issues. But I was able to come to the Pride here in Virginia where I'm based. And that was really fun. I went with my group of friends. It was my first one. I went with my partner. And we took all of our dogs. And it was just really great. Um, What queer events do you enjoy? All of them. All of the queer events. All of them. Um, something, (laughs) something that my city does where I live is we do these like queer pop-ups. So we have this place called Diversity Richmond and they just recently did a queer drag show pop-up and a bunch of like queer owned businesses got to promote their products. I bought a bunch of stickers. I bought champagne jelly or champagne jam, which was delicious jalapeno salsa it's a damn jam rva d-a-y like yellow u-m jam rva richmond virginia uh follow them on instagram it's it was absolutely delicious i will definitely be buying gallons more of that salsa also i bought a pickle fork guys pickle forks are game changers when it comes to eating pickles the way that i just sat on my sofa preparing for this podcast eating my pickles right out of the jar and I was able to type and everything oh my goodness pickle forks game changer it's called a drag stravaganza and it was held at diversity Richmond 
absolutely amazing to be a part of and to just see there was this one little girl who kept going up to the drag she was climbing onto the stage just taking dollars from everybody to give it to the drag queens it was absolutely adorable but here in my city we do fun pop-ups like that and you know we do our pride and we do queer festivals and and so let's dive into some more questions Oh, so here's one. Uh, what comes after LGBTQ and what does everything stand for and all the differences between them all? Uh, well, LGBTQ, lesbian, gay, bi, trans, queer. LGBTQ plus branches out to everything else that's not already in the acronym. Um, it touches as many parts of the queer community as we can. And what's the differences between them all? I can only speak on the differences between being lesbian, gay, buying and queer I guess because I'm not a trans person I don't want to speak on that difference but I can definitely touch on the definitions um lesbian is definitely being you know a woman that loves women and so gay is traditionally used for men who love other men but I know that my partner identifies as gay they don't identify as a lesbian I identify as pansexual I definitely have a more female leaning, so I identify as queer. It feels very, it feels more inclusive. And so that's how I identify. And then the B for bisexual, because bisexuality just means a person who loves more than one gender. That's it. Doesn't mean a person who loves both men and women. A bisexual person can love a trans man. Or a bisexual person who is male can love a trans female. Bisexuality, bi does not mean binary. Bi means more than one. That's what that means. T stands for trans. Um, you can be trans mask, trans femme. You can be transgender man. You can be a transgender woman. You could be transgender non-binary, uh, which I know Ayana's partner is. Uh, trans, the way it was explained to me, is anybody that doesn't identify with a binary or has changed their binary or the trans of the way it was explained to me is anybody who identifies as differently than their binary um and queer now queer is all-encompassing we are a queer community we're the lgbtq community we are the alphabet mafia uh, whatever you want to call us alphabet soup everything queer is a term to describe i know that a lot of my friends in my friend group identify as queer queer is all-encompassing it's a little bit of everything my partner identifies as gay i identify as queer but we both are women loving women it's a personal identity in anything else there's also pansexuality so pan means all and bi means two so traditionally bisexuality is to believed to be a person who loves both men and women but we know that to not be true bi means more than one because anybody can love anybody and a bi person does not have to love the binary and pansexuality is all so pan means all and so traditionally it is viewed as somebody who loves everybody um, all sex all gender identities and it's the more broad sexuality I guess you can say because it is the most inclusive out of everything but as we all know love is a spectrum and you can identify as pansexual but have a preference on females you can identify as bisexual and have a male preference you can be trans 
and be asexual, you know. Um, there's asexuality and asexuality means that you are not sexually attracted to anyone. It's more of an act rather than an actual feeling. There is demisexual and demisexual basically means that when they look at somebody, it's not a sexual attraction that they feel there's nothing physical that happens so demisexual you have to create an emotional connection with somebody to be able to feel a sexual response you have to be able to have an emotional attachment and to be able to create that type of vulnerability for them to feel sexual pleasure okay so here is something that i did not know so um i'm looking this up i'm on the medical news today website and there is an article that is called what are the different type of sexuality uh it just dives into things that we have already discussed the new acronym or the correct acronym is lgbtqia plus and that stands for lesbian gay bisexual transgender questioning or queer intersex and asexual and the plus Plus, remembers to any other members of the community or allies that are not listed already in the acronym. L, as we know, we've already discussed that. But under here on the bisexuality, it has bi-curious and bi-romantic. Now, those are things that we hadn't touched on yet. And bi-curious is somebody who identifies as bi-curious is interested or has a romantic experience with somebody of the same gender, but also that of somebody of the opposite gender. So we're just sitting here and we're learning and we're learning more about it. So there is heterosexuality, obviously, and there's homosexuality, obviously, the lesbian monosexual. Um, it's kind of an umbrella term that encompasses all sexual orientations that feel romantic or sexual attractions, but they only feel that towards one gender. I would compare it to that of a cishet man who is only attracted to cishet women. That's the best way that I can explain that. And I am sure that that is not the best example, but that is the number one thing that popped into my head. Pansexual and omnisexual. Um, there's also panromantic and pancurious. There's polysexual and queer. F sexual fluidity. Uh, basically, that just means that there's no fixed sexuality. So there's, there's a lot. And honestly, sexuality is such a spectrum. There's so many more ways to identify or not identify or choose to talk about or not choose to talk about. How does the community feel when people commonly refer to the community as LGBTQ as this does not represent your entire community? Is this offensive? Should we say something else? So this comes from one of my cishet friends. In personal opinion, there is a right and a wrong way to address the community. While LGBTQ is not 100% wrong, it's also not 100% right. I would prefer you to say that rather than you people <laughs> or anything similar to that. I wouldn't necessarily call it offensive, but it's definitely not as inclusive as the acronym is made to be. How do you feel about straight people going to gay bars? Ooh, okay, fantastic question. So I am 50-50 on it. For me specifically, and the reason I'm 50-50 on it is due to personal experience. I have some allies that are beautiful allies and are absolutely amazing, amazing people. And they love going to gay bars with me. They love get, getting to experience it and have fun. And obviously there's the added bonus of not getting hit on by cishet men, but you know, they absolutely adore going. And I think it's more for them as being, as being welcomed into 
my view of the community and what I get to experience in my safe spaces like my like the bars that I go to. I also hate it when traditional cishet women go to gay bars and take advantage of the situation, take advantage of no cishet men and not being harassed and not being also get offended when a lesbian or a queer person comes to hit on them or comes to talk to them. It's like you are in our safe space. If you don't want to get hit on, if you don't want to be spoken to, you know, maybe don't go out. But if you specifically don't want to get hit on by a lesbian or if you specifically don't want to get hit on by a queer person, don't go to lesbian or queer bars. You are invading our safe space. It feels as if our safe space isn't even ours. Our safe space is ours when it's given to us even though we have worked our fannies off as a community to earn, to get these safe spaces, to earn the money, to create them, to stay afloat. I don't like it very much. I don't really enjoy seeing straight white bachelorette parties coming to a lesbian bar and dancing on other women because, oh, it's fine. You know, what are they going to do? Who cares? It's gross I don't love it if you're gonna be there and you're gonna be an ally be an ally have a safe space for your queer friends to go but don't go there as a group of cishet white women and take advantage of the safe space that queer people have because it doesn't make us feel good it doesn't make me feel good I can't speak for anybody but myself so I don't enjoy it in all honesty um it's not my favorite thing I will occasionally invite some of my straight friends to my queer bars but it is not my favorite thing I do have to say um what's the most difficult conversation to have as a queer person Ooh, okay so this goes this is person to person. I can't speak for everybody. And I wish Ayana was here to be able to speak on their experiences as well. For me, the most difficult conversation to have as a queer person is the constant outing yourself. I know for me specifically, so I work basically in a call center and I talk to people all the time and you know people would make comments about my partner so I remember somebody talking about being in a long distance relationship and I was like oh my goodness me too and they were like and they asked where my boyfriend lived and I said well I don't have a boyfriend and I said my girlfriend lives up north and they were like oh okay well that's good I was like yep well that's weird I also remember my partner and I going to a wedding not too long ago And just her and I holding hands in the pew at the Catholic church for her friend's wedding, we were getting glares and having to like be mindful of myself and how, you know, we aren't always welcome. And it hurts still to this day in 2023 that uh, I have to come out to random people. I'm very thankful that I live in a very safe in a queer safe community uh, where I live and definitely is difficult traveling and having these conversations with people and not knowing how they're going to react because it can be pretty hard to prepare yourself for that. 
the recipient of that information is not always open-minded. He very quickly turns into an argument. Uh, for example, Jerry and I got into a big fight a couple years ago because he's fat phobic and I'm not. There was a, oh, it was a Halo Top ice cream, I believe. And there was a professional model who was fat and she was proud. She was like, this is, she was dancing around on the, on the commercial. She was like, this is who I am. This is what's going on. This is what I'm doing. Blah, 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 blah. And he took a lot of offense to that. He took major, major issues with that because he was like, well, here, eat my ice cream and be fat. Don't do anything about it. And it's like, but that's not at all what it was it's about inclusivity and he's like well I don't understand this body inclusivity movement that you guys are in and I was like the body positivity movement sir that's different and so even just trying to explain the body positivity movement he just didn't get it he wasn't receptive to what I was saying he wasn't open-minded enough to see me and hear me and understand what I'm trying to explain to him so that would probably be the most I wouldn't say there's a difficult conversation um, I would say that the difficult part about being queer and or having queer conversations is if the recipient is not open-minded enough to hear every word you're saying and really digest everything that you're saying. But yeah, no, that was really that was really thought-provoking. Uh, do queer individuals ever feel discriminated with their own community? Bi versus gay versus trans? Ooh, um, yes, actually. This is a beautiful question because I'm going to dabble on this a little bit, but when Ayana feels better, we are definitely going to dedicate an entire episode to this. It's called the phobias. So be on the lookout in the next few weeks. We should have an episode coming um, dedicated to that, but I'm going to touch on this just a little bit. Yes, definitely. There are people who feel discriminated against. So gold star lesbians or lesbians, there is some biphobia in the lesbian community. Um, I don't know entirely enough about it to speak too much on it, but I have heard from people that I am close with um, that they've been discriminated against for being bisexual from lesbians and lesbian bars and you know there's that biphobia of like they don't want somebody who's also attracted to men obviously there's the homophobia against cishet men towards anybody queer but whatever yeah definitely i know that there are some cis women who aren't comfortable dating trans people um so that and that's transphobic and there's definitely a lot of intercommunity discrimination that hopefully will stop and as we get to educate ourselves and learn about people and love these people for who they are hopefully we'll get to the place that there is no more but absolutely yeah that's definitely something I want to touch on more um, and I hope that answers the question thoroughly enough do you still see a wide discrepancy of homosexuality of pop culture versus what you face in real life so there's two ways to take this. I took this as, do I see more representation in pop culture versus what I see in real life or vice versa? The second way that I took this is, is there a discrepancy in pop culture about homosexuality? And I would say yes to both. 
thankfully, I am in a queer community. I am in a queer safe city that allows me to be openly queer without discrimination. So for me, if I compare my daily experience living where I am to living to what I see in pop culture on TV and TikTok and music, I definitely would say that there is a pretty solid comparison. A lot of the things that I see in pop culture, I can kind of relate to. Now, is it a direct correlation? No. But do I have gay bars where I am? Yes. Do we have pride parades and pride festivals here? Yes, absolutely. Is that the same for every city everywhere? No. I do say that I am very thankful for where I live and how queer oriented we are uh, because I don't think I would have been as exposed to these queer events and pop culture as well. Um, But the one thing that I kind of like when I first read this, the first thing that I thought of was the Harry Styles and Sam Smith discrepancy going on right now with the Grammys. And for those of you who don't know, Harry Styles is a cis white man who, when asked about his sexuality, lives gives a very vague answer of, I don't believe in labels. Pop culture has definitely, I guess society, has definitely allowed him the platform to be more flamboyant than the average male singer. And Sam Smith, who uses they, them pronouns, they are an openly gay, trans person who is also flamboyant and also puts out pop music. So there is an overlap between the two of them, but because Sam Smith is openly queer and trans and more flamboyant and puts in had a risque performance at the Grammys and Harry Styles is flamboyant but not openly queer and all of these ideal things, he does not get backlash. He gets praised. He's praised for stepping out of the bounds and testing the waters and all of these things and Sam Smith gets a lot of hate for it which is just downright disgusting because it's like if you're transphobic fatphobic homophobic just say that if you're an awful human just say that don't hate on this person's career they are putting out amazing music there's the song is literally called unholy it's literally called unholy he like what what did you expect I'm sorry That's just like, it just drives me crazy. So yeah, absolutely. It's honestly ridiculous at some, like in certain areas because it's just like, what the actual frick? Come on guys. Like I just get so frustrated and then I just like lose my train of thought. So I definitely think that, you know, it's not fair and I wish that, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to get to know you guys and have you guys get to know me and you know, I hope this was informative and I hope you learned a lot. Um, I know I just rambled the whole time, so I definitely understand if you zoned out halfway through this because Lord knows I probably did. But yeah, feel free to reach out at any time. You can get us on Instagram. We are at subqueers, S-U-P-Q-U-E-E-R-S. Um, you can like, comment, share. We have our little bios in there. You can find our personal accounts on there as well. Follow us on TikTok. You can shoot us an email if you have any stories or any questions, comments, concerns, anything like that. Feel free to reach out at subqueers at gmail.com. Just give us a holler. Let us know what you're thinking. And we love you guys. And just know that, you know, what you're feeling is valid. And every story and every journey is different. So, 
if your journey is with your mental health, if your journey is with your identity, just know that, you know, we see you and we hear you and everything you're feeling is valid and correct. And there's no wrong way to live and there's no wrong way to exist. So just keep that in mind. And I hope you guys uh, enjoyed and see you guys in two weeks. Bye.